Please, you may be seated. Oh, wow. Wow. Man, I feel the love. I really feel it. Yeah. I don't know if I can ask the congregation with your permission. Can I please, just for the sake of the preaching, have my wife here? I think I preach better when she is here. And then we'll resume after. Then we'll honor celebrate. Please make sure you, you get some cake. Before you go home. There's cake. Tell your neighbor there's cake, there's cake, there's cake. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, I think I would like help you to just maybe come and say a few words just to appreciate you guys because I'm not good at it. I'm good at Shambok. She is good with the praises. Come on, put your hands together for LP. Hallelujah. Well, well, well. <laughs> wow, we give God the glory. Amen. We give him the praise. We give him the honor for the things he has done. Hallelujah. The God who united us, the God who has made sure that we are together, we remain together. Hallelujah. Through the, throughout the, the past 13 years, we celebrate him. It's because of him that we are standing. Kaniti, he made a way. He made a way. And he continues to make the way. Hallelujah. We believe that he will continue to make a way for us. Amen. And then I also appreciate you, Mahani. For all the 13 years that, you know, we've walked side by side, uh, front and back, and all the otherwise. Hallelujah. Um, I, I'm so grateful, and I feel very privileged that I was chosen to be the one for you. And <laughs> there could have been many others that could be standing here today, but it is I. Hallelujah. And I'm so blessed. Thank you for being and a great husband, a great coach, a great motivator, somebody that is beyond just a husband and a coach, but also fathering me. You filled in that gap. I told you the, 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 the I don't know if I shared with you, but on the other day, um, I was bathing. Oh, during the, the busyness of packing and all of that, um, um, God reminded me that one, one of the other ways that he fathered me was through sending you my, in my life. So I was grateful. I, smiled. I don't know if I shared it with you, but it was a reminder that you are one of the ways that God has fathered me. And I'm grateful for that. You are an incredible father to our children. You want the best for them. A great example for Israel. And, you know, a great lover for our little girls, Zion and Talia. I think, you know, the, the men who will marry them have high, high standards. Because you make sure you treat them like queens. You treat them like little princesses. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that you show up for them. And you insist on me, especially me. Because, you know, we grew up differently. But although we grew up differently you prioritize family time you prioritize making time for them and you're always insisting you have to be there for the children have to be there for the for the kids and i'm grateful for that you know um i like sometimes i want to run away <laughs> but you always help me you always help me show up for them so i'm grateful thank you for loving me so for being a great lover too you're a great lover thank you for loving me <laughs> I know sometimes it's hard. 
it's not easy um, but you lay down your life daily for me I, I know there are sometimes where you want to just like and you just like okay lay down his life for, for the church I'm grateful that I'm grateful for that love my love the unconditional love that I feel around you all the time thank you and I also want to thank God for the church every single one of you the shepherds the leaders the cell leaders the members the young people thank you for for really speaking words of life to our marriage it's, I mean I went I read every single message I read it I read every word and I received every blessing every declaration over our love over our marriage and I was so encouraged some of you said things that made me want to rise up and be better as a wife you know you know because you're like this is how they see me okay I better become better I better wake up so thank you thank you so much for speaking words of love for making us I check the statuses usually I don't but I saw that we were profile pictures of many people we were, we were on the statuses, we were everywhere, and we were well celebrated. I'm so grateful to, it's really such a privilege to, to be in contact, to be joined together with all of you. You are a blessing. We don't take you for granted. I hope and I pray that you realize that you, you play such a great, important part in our lives. We celebrate you. We are grateful. We are only humbled to serve God with you. Amen. Thank you, my love. I told you she will say it better. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, she said something there that she thanks God. She, she thanks God that she was the one that I chose. And it's true. Because the day I was proposing to her, I wrote a song for her. And the song, and the song was entitled, You Are the One for Me. Why, why should I hide what I feel for you? Why should I hide it's you I love? Every second you're in my mind. When I, when I think of our lives together. I can only dream of better things. Forever and ever, we'll be together. You are the one for me. I cannot live another day without you. You are the one for me. Nothing else matters without you. Chabaya! My God, my God, my God, my God! It's a song, it's a song, it's a song, it's a song, it's a song. I wrote this song years ago for her. Years ago. Not, nothing else matters without you. I will spend my life with you. You are the one. 
people of God, I want you to know something. Lerato Munati. Love, love is a beautiful thing. And you need to experience love in your lifetime. Love is beautiful. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, just maybe to make you aware, we didn't start like this. No, no, no. We didn't start like this. We started in the most humble beginnings you can ever think of. I had nothing, and she had nothing. We both started with nothing. Yeah, we just started. And you know, when I met her, there were other women that had things. I mean, there was a particular, her best friend, rather, that, you know, they were trying to hook me with her. I mean, she had a car, she was working for a bank, she had everything. Because I was feeling for a woman who had nothing. I mean, on the standpoint, like, humanly speaking, but she had everything, but it was locked up inside of her. And, and, and God gave me grace to see what was there. And I told myself, you know what, I'm going to go right there, and I'm going to make my life there. By the grace of God, 13 years later, we don't lack food, we don't lack water, we don't lack a roof above our head. God is a faithful God. Let's all trust God. Hallelujah. He will help us. He will help us. So, baby, I just want you to know that, you know, um, I thank you. I thank you because I, I really didn't think a woman could love me the way I was. The only person that I thought could love me was my mother. Yeah, because she, she could understand me. And she never struggled. I never had to raise expectations. I mean, she just accepted me the way I was. My mother was just like that. She's just a very special woman. Uh, doesn't question things. She just laughs and then corrects later. So I never really thought that I would find a woman who would accept me and love me and be patient with me. Yeah. Until I met you. Yeah. I met a woman who doesn't react. She doesn't react. She can be doing something. She's not moved by that. Yeah, she is ahead. So, may God bless you, baby. May God bless you. You, you just, you make things easy for me. Yeah. I remember the day I told one of my colleagues that I'm getting married, and he asked me, who? I said, poo me. He said, ah, no stress. No stress. I remember that was, that was his, he says to me, no stress. No stress. I, I remember that. We were walking out of the canteen. Natuna marrying that woman. Her name is Pumi. Said, no, that one, no stress. Like, you want, and, and it's been true. For 13 years, no stress. No, no. I don't have to drink to come home. No, 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 no. There's no stress. There's no stress. There's peace. There's joy. Yeah. And there's no competition. I'm telling you the truth. There's no competition. Because if I can tell you something, the people that hate 
each other the most is husband and wife. The greatest hurts come from husband and wife. The worst things, I'm, I'm not talking about all husband and wives, some. Sorry. But when you have a person that is rather interested in making you happy, that she doesn't, my wife doesn't look for the sport. It's like if we go somewhere, she must shine. And, and who is going to shine, me or her? Who's going, because we're both into public work. And we're both doing the same thing. And it could be easy that she, she wants the sport. It's so, so good to be with somebody who celebrates me. She doesn't have a problem. You know, she flows and, you know, let Jesus be glorified and that's it. You understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's just a, a great joy. A great joy. I'm not saying she's perfect, but I mean, my other friend from West Africa, he told me, I think what God did is that he took the spirit of a woman in West Africa. He placed inside a woman in South Africa and he gave you a wife. Most of my brethren, they marry from home. A lot of them, because they can't find the qualities they are looking for. But I was able to find it here. This way, she's not a South African. She's not an African. This girl is a kingdom girl. She's just a kingdom girl. I mean, I noticed it about her years ago. We will have crusades. The only girl, the white, the white people that will be there will be talking to is her. Like she just flows with everybody. Easy. No problem. So there's 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 no color. She flows, she laughs. She flows and she's selfless. I like that about her. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but I think I'm the most authorized person to say something about this one because I live with this woman. I woke up by her side. I have the right to speak. And I have spoken. And my word is final. Praise the Lord. So church, thank you so much. I think also we've been able to do this because of the support we are receiving. You know, the support over the years that we are receiving from the church. The prayers. I mean, she's so right. I took time to read all the, you know, the, the best wishes words that were spoken over us. My God. People said a lot of powerful things. People even send us personal messages you know, with more encouraging words. Thank you so much. And as if it wasn't enough, today again, I come here and I find this other. I don't know what to say. This is something else. You see, these are the things that make life worth living. This is all. I can tell you. It's not about a lot of money. It's simple things where people appreciate the efforts of a person or the life of a person. Yeah. Simple. Even though this is actually not simple, it's, it's top. I mean, this is top. Yeah. What can I say? We didn't know that this was being done. I got here, this was like, wow, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Yeah. Just the love we experience. 
please, if I can give you an advice, don't spend your life fighting people, fighting everybody, quarrels, court, lawyers, meetings. Life is so short. Please, enjoy it small. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Make it livable for people around you. And they will make it livable for you too. So that we all celebrate each other. Amen? Okay, let's preach the word a little bit. Just one important announcement. Please mark this. It's a very important announcement. Next week, Sunday, we are dedicating the First Love Cathedral. This church, this whole building will be dedicated next week. And we are having Bishop Emmanuel Clufio here for the dedication. Now, you don't know this man. I mean, it's unbelievable that he's coming here. You can't, you can't understand, but you will see for yourself. Um, it's a great honor for our ministry. Uh, my father in the ministry as well, uh, Bishop Ed Belong, will be here. Amen. Uh, many of my pastor friends, some of them you know, some you don't know, they will all be here. So because of the nature of the service, we're not going to have a morning service next week Sunday. We are having one service in the afternoon from one o'clock to give a chance to everybody to be there. Praise the Lord. And also all the other branches are coming. So we're going to dedicate the, the, this building to the Lord. And it will also be the day that I will be commissioned into the full-time ministry. So it will be, it will be a great honor for me if I can see you here. If we can all be here. And we should all dress well. Amen. <laughs> dress nice. That's the day you have to really kill it. Just dress nice and come with your family. We'll be making calls during the week to tell everybody that the, the, uh, the cathedral is being dedicated next week, Sunday. Um, and one of the reasons why I really want you to come because I want Bishop to pray for you. He's a very, very anointed man of God. He is the direct son, not biological, but the direct son of Bishop Dakewad Mills. Like the first direct. No jiga jiga, direct. Yeah. So he is the presiding bishop of the large house, house of churches in the whole of Southern Africa. I talk about South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Swaziland, Lesotho, uh, Namibia, all the Southern Africa. He is in charge of that. So, just to give you a bit of understanding of who, who is coming. You understand? So, it's a great honor. And he's coming with his wife. Both of them will be here. If everything goes well, we might also have Apostle Vincent, Vincent Luate. Apostle Vincent might also be here with his lovely wife, Pastor Kalalelo, Mama Kalalelo. They will be here. If everything goes really well, we might have Pastor Francois Berger and then his wife as well. And many other friends of my Pastor Arch and his wife. A lot of my friends and partners in the ministry will be here. 
So it's a great day. It's really, really a great day. And I want to encourage you to not miss it. Amen? Amen. There will be a great anointing here to pray for you, pray for your ministry, pray for your life. Make sure that you come. Even to pray for just you as the person. There will be prayer here. Amen. So don't miss it. Make sure that you come. Praise God. And then, of course, on the 23rd, eh, is it the the 21st and the 24th, we are going to Johannesburg to celebrate my father for his conference. Now, you guys don't know. The past two days, we were with Pastor Bert. We went to his conference in Pretoria. We were there yesterday and on Friday as well. It was massive. Massive. Unbelievable. So, yeah, so we are going again. Please, if you want to come through, give us your name. Register with Pastor, um, Shepherd Wandi or LP or even Shepherd Esneo. Give them your name and then wait for the instructions. There will be instructions on what to do and stuff like that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, just to correct a bit on what our young man was saying earlier, we are not really launching the NBS and Cells this week. It's next week, in the month of, the first week of March. Amen. So this coming um, Tuesday, we, we've changed that a little bit. We'll still be busy with the preparation for this event. So we want to put it our full focus. Then next week, we are launching with NBSs and all of that. Praise the Lord. Alright. I have a very quick message for you. I'm going to teach for about just 30 minutes. Amen? The title of my message is, Come Back Home. Help me tell the person next to you, come back home. Come back home. Father, thank you for your word. Bless it in our hearts. As the sword, use it to cut through us. And help us. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I would like you to come with me to the book of Luke 15. We're going, to look for, we're going to read from verse 11. The Bible says. And he said. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father. Father. Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Say with me, far country. And there wasted his substance in righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would faint after fill, and he would faint after fill his belly with the husk of the swine, the, the, with the husk the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, 
He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. May God bless the reading of his word. We are all familiar to the story. By the way, this morning is Harvest Sunday. And the title of my message, like I said, is Come Back Home. Come Back Home. Many of us are familiar with the story of the prodigal son. But there are ten little lessons that I would like you and I to quickly look at this morning. Ten lessons in 30 minutes. What can we learn from this story? Because I don't think anybody is hearing this story for the first time. Okay, who is hearing this story for the first time? By show of hand, like you've never heard the story of the prayer son before. It is your first time to hear about the father who had two sons. One left home, went away, wasted a life, this and that. How many of you have heard this story before? I'm sure everybody here. So that's why I don't want to dwell much on the story because I know we all know the story. And I'm not in any way trying to say that what I'm about to share is the only thing that we can draw from this story. No, 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 no. I believe there are many meanings to the story. But I've just found 10 things in this story that I think if you could pay attention to them, you will be able to come back home properly this morning into the house of your father. Amen? What is the first thing we see in the book of Luke 15, verse 11? The Bible says, A certain man had two sons. Brothers and sisters, there are two types of people on earth. If you have children, there are only two types of children. If you have a business, there are only two types of employees. If you have a husband, there are only two types of husbands. You you must understand that a lot of things are not many, as we, we think. Yeah. Night, day. Water, uh, dry ground, right, left. Do you understand? Many things that are very important is either one or the other. Blessing, curses, life, death. Many, like the men, men, when things are important, it's only two. To, to make your choice easier. That's how God made it. Are you listening to what I'm trying to say to you? So I'm saying there are only two types of children. You can have 10 children, but if I, if I present them to you, see that they are only falling into two groups, group A and group B. The first group, or the first type, is what I call 
Obedient children. Obedient children. And the second group is what I call rebellious children. If you live on earth for a while, you will discover that there are only two types. There are those that are obedient and there are those that are rebels. Only two types. And I want to ask you a question this morning. If it's only two types of children, and you and I are called children of God, amen. Let's take it out of the family home. Let's take it in our relationship with God because the Bible says that when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven. So if we have a Father in heaven, it means we are children. So if God is our father and our father is in heaven and we are his children and that there are only and this father had two sons. So I belong to one of the group. My, my behavior and my life is reflected is going to be reflected by one of the sons that the father had. Because the father didn't have many sons. He had two. One of his sons was obedient. If I could read further, you are going to see he stayed home. And the other son was a rebel. Was a rebel. Now, don't listen to this message more in connection with your father at home. You might even find out that maybe you and your father at home, you flow very well. Let's look at it with the heavenly father. Our Father in heaven. That's what I want to take us this morning. Praise the Lord. So he had two sons. Now, the rebellious son is the one that most of the story is based on. So I'm sure you would not have a problem with me if we put our focus on him because he is the one who is the main guy here in this story. So the first thing There are two types of children. Obedient children, rebellious children. Don't answer, but what type do you think you could be? Don't answer. Just answer in your heart. Yeah. I want to give you a tip. When a message is hitting you too hard, just smile. When you smile, people will not know that you are the one the message is hitting a lot. <laughs> but if you become too serious, then the preacher will feel mm, the word is working. And he will continue hammering the nail. Praise God. So no matter how the message is hitting, you always keep an asthma. Oh, wow. Pastor, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Praise God. Number two, rebellious children don't really like their home. Rebellious children don't really like their home. They like doing what they, they want. Do you understand? When you have a child that is rebellious, I mean, even if I'm, I'm going to be switching between home church, home church, God, you know, all of that. If you have a child and your child is rebellious, I mean, he's, he's opposed to, a rebel is somebody who is opposed to authority. 
A rebel is not somebody who breaks things. A rebel is somebody who has a problem with an established authority. That's what we call a rebel. See, when we have insurrections and we have these guys that come from nowhere, they are usually not fighting people. They are fighting the power. They are fighting whoever is in command. So a rebel, we don't call you a rebel, except we can sense that you have a tendency of opposing established authorities. That if you arrive somewhere and you find a CEO, you have a problem with the CEO. Like you don't mind flowing with everybody else. You just, you, you don't just flow with the person that is in charge. That's how you start sensing, maybe there's rebellion in me. Is that the person is in, that is in charge usually doesn't sit well with you. You flow with everybody under him, except him. That is how you know rebellion is in you. Is that when you arrive somewhere, as soon as you locate who is the leader, even before he does anything wrong to you, you are already having a problem with him. So you come to church. Oh, so that's the pastor. Okay. I didn't know he's the pastor. Those are things that are running through your mind as you are there. The pastor hasn't said anything. Why, why are they clapping when he's going on stage? What, what, what's that? I mean, what, what's that about? What, what are all these? Why are all those balloons? These are people that are worshipping other people, and then they're going to say that uh, Ebakwere Kwere, they are taking their money. Look at what they are doing to Ebakwere Kwere now. A lot of things start running through your mind as you are sitting there like that. My God, the thoughts, the thoughts are against the leader. Ah, he's taking our money. Ah, he's doing this. Ah, she's doing that. Whenever you are having a problem with the leader, like without, without there being a problem, you are having a problem. Could there be a seed of rebellion in your heart? At home, you have a problem with daddy. You have a problem with mommy. You don't really have a big problem with your sisters. You flow. But mommy and daddy are having a problem. Men at school, you flow with your classmates. You flow with everybody except the class uh, teacher or the, the prefect. The class prefect. The other guy in the class that is in charge of you. You hate him. You can't wait to oppose him. You can't wait to make him feel small. You can't wait for him to feel that he is nothing. Rebellion. Rebellion. Opposing authority. Either overtly or covertly. In other words, you can oppose a person without making it known that you are opposing them. But everything you are doing is just to... Like, for example, when he says something, you don't clap. You are opposing him. You are showing, you are showing to him that you're not going to leave me. You can't leave me. When everybody is happy, you are sad. Or you are very serious. When he makes a joke, everybody is smiling. You look very strange. Because you want to make him understand that you can't leave me. I, I'm opposing you. 
Those are all signs of a rebel. All you need is a machete, a cutlass, a few grenades in your pocket, then a red ribbon here, then you are up and running, and a few followers, and then you can start your party of rebellion. So rebels, they don't like home. Because at home, there's order. They'll be told you sleep at this time, you wake up at this time, you go to bed. You know, they they don't like that much. So verse 13 tells us, look at it, verse 13. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Don't like home. We want to do what we want. I don't want somebody to tell me what to do. Now, I don't want somebody to be asking me, where are you coming from? And I don't want that. I don't want to be accountable to anybody. I want to do what I want to do. to go party there if I want. I want to go with the, I want to do whatever I want to do. And I don't want you to be asking me so many questions. This is what was going on with this young boy. This young boy didn't like the authority that he was under. He didn't like the fact that he needed to report. He needed to, he didn't like those things, you see. He wanted to be free to do as he pleases. And now if we are honest with ourselves, precious people, oh, how many times we wish there was no Bible. When I, this book says, don't do this. And the thing the book says you shouldn't do is the thing that actually I want to do. Man, wouldn't life have been better if there's no Bible? If there's no do's and no don'ts? If I want to go this way, I just go. See, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. We start feeling, who actually wrote this book? And it starts like that. And we start opposing everything in it. That's how it starts. So this young boy, he took everything. His father didn't argue with him. He told the father, look, I've been waiting for you to die. I've said, I've been waiting for you to die. You don't want to die. What is an inheritance? An inheritance is something you're supposed to get when somebody has passed away. Where do you get the guts that your father is still alive and you are coming to ask for your inheritance? Your mother is still in the hospital bed and you are already making plans for, for her life cover. Is it a life cover to call that thing? Funeral cover. Like when you go with the flowers to the hospital, it's to expect a corpse. 
So every time you come here, she says, hello, baby. You say, ash. You are still alive. You need to go. You need to go. You need to go. I mean, like, I've got, I saw that car on, on, on Uber. I saw that other car on OLX. I saw this. I, I, have a, I, I need you to go. So every time the hospital called, hello, is mommy dead? That's what is happening with the boy. The boy wants his father dead. And because the father doesn't want to die, I mean, it's just that some of you, you will not be as honest as you should. But if you are as honest as you should, you will agree that there were times you wish mama and daddy, you know what? Just for today, if you guys could be dead or just could be somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there were, there were times with my son, when my son is not very happy with me. He would say to me, Daddy, I think you should go. <laughs> Daddy, I think you should go. <laughs> because he knows that is always going. So now that Daddy is around, Daddy is finding a lot of problems. So Daddy, I think you should go. I always remember that. He's no more doing that though. But there was a time. I know, like, because he didn't know how to express himself. So when he sees that. I'm making him very uncomfortable. Say, Daddy, I think you should go. And that is how we are with our parents and also with God. Many times, if you know, God, just stay there. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Let, let us be. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God, just leave us alone. Leave, let us be. Let us be. Ah, it's too much. Let us be. So a rebellious child doesn't like home much. Comes to sleep. Doesn't do anything in the house. Eats and goes out. He enjoys outside more than inside. A rebellious child doesn't like being home, cleaning the sofas, taking care of the kitchen. No, 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 no. Those things, they are done to them by, they do them by force. But the thing they really like is to go out. Man, and they can't wait to leave that house for good. They can't wait to come out of this house where I'm always asked to bath. I'm always asked to wash, to brush my teeth. They are always asking me to do this. Man, I can't wait to be out of this. You don't worry. The time is coming. You'll be out. But if you didn't come out the right way, you'll be soon how fast you'll be back. Yeah. I left home. I think it was 16, 17, 18, 19 years ago. 19 years ago, I stopped staying with anybody. I started staying alone. And I've never gone back home. But I can assure you there are people, it didn't last two weeks. They were back home. They thought they could stay out of home. They thought. 
Are you with me so far? Number three. Rebellious children leave their father and their home and start making self-destructive decisions. Rebellion. Who is your father? God is your father. That prodigal son left his father and he left the home. And for you and me, the home is the church, the house of God. It's the home. If God is your father, then home is the church. You will leave home, you will leave daddy, and then you will throw yourself out there. And as soon as you throw yourself out there, this is what always happens. You don't become wiser. Once you go out there, you've left daddy, you've left mommy, you've left the house, you've left the home, you've gone out. You don't become wiser. Usually the decisions that you begin to make are decisions that are designed to destroy you, yourself. Those are the decisions that you start making. I don't know how long ago you left home. I'm not talking about your father's house. I'm talking about your heavenly father's house. I don't know how long ago you left home. But I just want you to check the decisions that you've been making ever since you left home. Those decisions, have there been decisions that said, can you, I can't preach like this. Please. Thank you. Alright. So, I want you to look at those decisions and see if those decisions have really built you or destroyed you. The prodigal son left home. Went far. Why? Because I don't want anybody to check me. I don't want anybody to tell me, okay, did you, did you brush your teeth today? I don't want anybody to ask me, what are you doing with the money? How much is left in the account? I don't want anybody to do that. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be free. So he left home. Went away. Blocked everybody. Cut everybody out. And he's alone here. And in that corner there, let's look at the decisions he's now making. Look at the next. The Bible says, he wasted his substance. Nobody wasted it for him. He wasted it himself. When you leave home, you start wasting. <laughs> you will waste a lot of energy. You will even waste a lot of money. You will waste your body. You will waste a lot of time. You will waste a lot of opportunities. You will waste a lot when you look back years later, what have I done? 
opportunities have been wasted. So the prodigal son wasted his substance in righteous living. That will mean in a wasteful living. A living that does not build anything. Boy, you have money, but there's nothing. You're buying expensive cars. You're buying expensive shoes. You are doing a lot of things that are flashy. But when we check your life, there's nothing. Life is wasted. Opportunities are wasted. How many times do you hear this story? The family even decides to say, you know what? We need to help this guy. Hey, they come together. What can we do for this guy? Hey, they go and look for the job for the guy. They take him. Like, he doesn't even apply. The family applies. Go and talk to a person. Please, can you take this person in? This and this and this and that. And they agree. He goes in there. Because his heart is not into it. I tell you, by the Friday, he has gone by partying. Sunday, he's out babalas. Monday, he's still babalasing. And they are waiting for him at work. He's not to, so they, op- they have to fire him. Wasted opportunities. Maybe somebody was looking at you like somebody who could recommend his daughter, his son to marry because they didn't know who you are. Then before they realize, you are showing your true colors. Before they could even say something, they withdrew themselves. You've wasted an opportunity. You've wasted an opportunity. He wasted his substance. He wasted it. Hmm? When you are a rebel, you like going away. And you like to waste But God is helping somebody here this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is helping somebody here. Verse 14, we are seeing something interesting there. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. You see, this is what is going to happen soon or later. Soon or later, everything you have will finish. It will finish. And when it finishes, your needs will not finish. Your needs will start. And things are going to get tougher. Famine. He began to be in want. This is not just for rebellious people. This is for everybody. Everybody on earth will go through crisis. Whether you are a rebel or you are a good person, no matter who you are, crisis will happen to all of us. Problems will happen to all of us. The only problem with a rebel is that a rebel has left the only place where help can be found. A rebel doesn't like that home. A rebel doesn't like that father he has. Other people, when the crisis hit them, ah, they cannot run home. Daddy, daddy, please help me. But a rebel hates he doesn't like his father 
And that is where his problem starts. That's where, now that he has found himself in trouble, instead of running home like everybody will do, you will see he's going to turn to somebody else. But he doesn't really want to go home. Doesn't really wanna doesn't really wanna come and say all these things. No, no, no. It's too proud for that. So instead of coming home, he's gonna turn to look for help elsewhere. Look at the very next line, verse 15. So he went to his father God. So he went back to his father. Huh? Look at where he went. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He turned to man. When things get tougher, instead of turning to God, we turn to men. And it's still this thing in us, I hate home. I don't want to be at home. Now, I know the scriptures. I know what they're going to say. So I don't want that. I don't want that. But now I need some money. I need some help. He went and joined himself to some people. I don't want to disappoint you. But look at verse 16. The last line says, no man gave unto him. I want you to go home with that sentence. No man gave unto him. He wanted a lot of things from man. But no man gave unto him. Brothers and sisters, the help you really need, the help you really need, I'm not talking about the help you think you need. I'm saying the help you really need, no man, no man can give it to you. There is no human being that understands the complication you are into. There's no human being that can possibly even understand how your heart feels. There's no human being that you can sit and explain properly so that they can help you accordingly. There's no human being that can possibly feel what you are going through. There's no human being. No man can give you what you are trying to get from man. There's no man who can give it to you. There's no man who can give it to you. And you can continue looking for it from man. Year in and year out. Looking for it from this one. Then you feel disappointed. Then you will go to the next one. Then you will keep running in circle. But the scripture cannot be broken. No man can give it to you. Because it's not with man. That thing you are looking for. It's not with a man. How can a man give it to you? Hmm? Isaiah 31 verse 1. Look at it. Are you blessed? Isaiah 31 verse 1. 
NIV. Check my notes, please. Look at this. What to those who go down to Egypt for help? <laughs> People who are looking for help and they are going to Egypt. What does Egypt represent? Come on, talk to me. What does Egypt represent? The world. Remember that God delivered his people from the kingdom of from Egypt to Canaan land. So Egypt always represents the world, you know, the world system. And then the Bible says, Woe to those who go to Egypt for help. Who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots. And in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. The Bible says it is very bad for those people. They are not seeking help from God at all. They are looking at their multitudes of children, meaning the things they have acquired for themselves, their power. And I think I have a house here. I have a little business there. I have a little this there. I have a little, I'm thinking of these things. I think they, they, they will sustain me. Wow. He said, these people are not looking to the Holy One of Israel for help. They are going to Egypt. They are going to the bank to get a loan. They are going to loan sharks. They are turning to people to seek for help. Things have gotten bad and instead of you coming back home and fixing things, you are rather deeper. You are getting deeper. But don't forget the title of my message. Come back home. Come back home. Come back home. Come back home. Stop wasting time. Come back home. Come back home. Psalm 118, verse 9. Look at it, a beautiful scripture. Psalm 118, verse 9. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Psalm 121, verse 1 to 2. Look at this beautiful scripture. Oh, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It's a question I want you to ask yourself. When you are looking for help, where do you tend to get your help? It's like I looked up, I lift up my eyes to the hills. I don't look at people. This is why our things are not finishing because you are looking at people. You are looking at your, and you are getting angry at the whole family because no, when they were had problems, I was helping them. Now I have problems, nobody's helping me. Is it a scoff? Or a stoffel? Is, is, is it a stoffel? Is it a stoffel that I helped you last month, you must help me this month? Hey. And now we are into problem. This guy doesn't talk to this guy in the family. This one doesn't talk to that one because when your child was sick, I came. When my child is sick, you didn't come. I think I'm talking to Angel. These people don't have such problems. They don't know such things. I'm, I'm talking to Angel this morning. Where does my help come from? 
he answers the question, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord. Can you say with me this morning, my help comes from the Lord. Say it again. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Please look at your neighbor and tell them, your help comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 If, if you are looking for real help, I'm not saying men cannot help. Men can help when God asks them to. So they are not the one helping. God is the one helping, using men to help. But it's not men helping you. So you don't go to men first. You go to God first. And God must send you to a man or God must send a man to you. And when God does that, you will really be helped and you will not start worshipping a man. You will know who helped you. Who really helped me? My help came from the Lord. And he just used a man. He used a donkey. He can use anything to help me. Can use anything. Can use anything. Can use anything. And I tell you, God is going to help you. He's just waiting for you to say, Daddy, I need help. He's just waiting for you. If you could just say, Daddy, a little help. Baby, we are too proud. We are too proud to say, Daddy, I need help. We keep running to this cousin. We call our auntie. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, sometimes you get disappointed doing that. And you even get more hurt and offended. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like it when you've helped me and now you're telling everybody you've helped me. Do you understand? Like, I mean, you, you, you did something small for me. Now I'm going down here that, hey, so-and-so said that they gave you rice yesterday. Now it has become, it has become the talk in the town. I'm saying I don't know about you, but me, I don't like it. Small help you've given me now, I must, oh, because you gave me a small help, I must worship you till I die. I'm, every time I see you, oh, Baba, 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 Mama, Mama, Mama. Every day. The help of man can be costly. Small data the guy bought you. Now it's like you owe him. You owe him, you owe him. You owe him. Yeah. You can't talk again the way you want. By the way, I bought, I bought you. By the way, how much, how much data did I buy you yesterday? Wow. And he bought you social data. So you know, I just social data. He's buying you social data and he's owing, he's like, he's like his own you because he bought you social data. I like the help of God, mama. When God helps, he doesn't even want people to know he helps you. It is you. If you are humble enough, you will tell people, no, God is the one who did it. God, God doesn't, like he's not suffering from self, no self-esteem. Yeah. Some people, your greatest mistake was to receive their help. 
ever since you received their help, you have become their helper. They are made. Unfortunately for the prodigal son, things got worse. He went from being the richest guy to the most broke guy. Then now he's going to ask for help. And I said, do you know what? I mean, this guy don't even have feelings. They know him. They know he used to have a lot of money. They know he used to move around in town. Ten girls. One brown, one yellow, one Chinese, one Japanese, one Zulu, one closer. One, I mean, he had a whole pack. He moved with them like this. He will, he will enter a tavern and says, Give everybody here. It's on me. Let everybody drink. Be happy. And they are yours. Now he's broke. I, want to, I was about to say like a church mouse, but I can, I'm a church pastor. I cannot say. I believe, first of all, there are no mouses in the church. And if there were any, they were going to be very blessed. Yeah. But he is broke. Like a stick. Then he goes back to those he used to bless. Come on, guys. Come on. I mean, are you forgetting? Just yesterday. You know me, I was on top of the game. It's just a little moment. I'm just having a little party on, I bet. You know I will be back. You know that I will be back. It's just a small moment. Eh? Please. I just need something small to, you know. He said, ah, you know what? The only work we have for you. You see the peaks? Ah, there. Yeah. You need to go and wash our peaks. Wow. From CEO to peak watcher. of you believe that things are getting worse for this guy? Man, things are getting really bad. First of all, he has lost all the money. He's broke. Now he's going to the friends he had and they are giving him the job we can get. Sir, be with me. The, the job they are giving him is that he must go and take care of pigs. Is it 16? Check 16. Ah. I think it's the one. What does 15 say? Ah, this is the one. Be in the spirit, sir. He sent him into his field to feed the swine. Do you know what is a swine? It's a pig. And you're supposed to feed them, take care of them. He became a pig farmer. This is an Israelite. You must understand, the Israelite, the, the Jewish people, they don't associate with pigs. There, there's no connection between a Jew and a pig. Jewish people 
you, I mean, I've got many references. You go to Israel, you can't ask for bacon. There's nothing like that. You, you can't ask for such things. Because they don't farm pigs. They believe pigs are the worst animals that ever lived. Even Jesus sent 5,000 demons inside pigs before. Like, it's, it's a very bad animal because this animal eats everything. Pigs eat poo-poo, they drink it, they, they, they eat the thing, they just vomited, now they eat them. Pigs eat everything. So when a person insults you and says you are a pig, gosh, understand the level they has taken you. It's bad. It's very bad. So an Israelite a man who had a father, he had an inheritance, he had everything, he has lost everything, he is not descended to broke. Now that he is broke, they are taking him lower to peaks. Abraham, his ancestor, never dealt with peaks. David, his ancestor, never dealt with pigs. The Lord is my shepherd. David was a shepherd boy. He deals with sheep. Jesus himself came and said, I deal with sheep. Jewish people don't deal with pigs. They deal with sheep and goats at last. Not pigs. But things got so bad. Things got so bad. He went for pigs. I mean, things can go so bad. And you look and say, I never, I never thought I could do this. I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just did that. This is not me. I can't believe I spent the day watching pigs today. What if my father could see me? What if my friends I grew up with could see me? What is this? Pigs, pigs. It's like your father says, My son, my son, is this why I created you? Do you know who you are? Pigs. He went for pigs, he went for pigs because he cannot say, I was wrong. Let me go back home. He probably thought. Pigs, I will pick up from there. Sometimes you need to go lower to go higher. So, you know what? If it is pig, let it be. I'm going to go lower to shoot higher. So he went for the pigs. Verse 16, it gets lower. And he will fain have eaten, he filled his belly with the husk that the swine eat. So he thought, okay, I'm going to take care of pigs. And they told him, the only thing we can do for you is that the food that the pigs are eating, you will survive by eating some. So he agreed to the deal, I will eat pigs' food. No problem. You go lower to rise higher. Tell your neighbor, you go lower to rise higher. 
Who told you that? <laughs> Not always. Sometimes you go lower to go lowest. <laughs> you are not rising higher. Look, the boy has not made a deal. I will eat the pig's food. Then he went and fed the pigs. I'm sure you realize that pigs don't stop eating. When you are feeding them, you feed them and they eat everything. So he fed the pigs and the pigs, the food is finished. So he's now going to the house and say, okay, I know I did a good job today. I fed the pigs. They've all eaten. The problem is they finish everything. So I need some of what is here so I can also eat. They say, hey. It's for the pigs, by the way. It's not for you. Ah. But the deal was that I also eat from, yeah. But this is for the pigs. We can't give it to you. So what am I going to eat? I don't know. So it's worse. Even pig food, no man gave unto him. Pig food. Wow. Man, you are on top of your game. You are buying food to people. You are taking people to restaurants. But you are seeing that girl that is over there. You took her to Nando's before. That other girl, I mean, you took, I mean, you bought airtime to people before. Today, people don't want to borrow you their phone to make a phone call. That was bad. That was very bad. Are you with me? Let me give you a secret. When things in your life... Are you listening to me? I'm finishing my message now. Listen to me very well. When things go from bad to worse in your life, don't continue trying to solve it. When things have gone from bad to worse, it's a sign. It's not something to solve. Somebody is saying to you, you can't solve it. Somebody is saying to you, can you allow me to help you? Somebody is saying to you, stop wasting energy. Somebody is saying to you, by the way, I'm still here. Things have gone from bad to worse and you are still trying to fix it. You can't see. Time is wasted. Energy is wasted. Everything is finished. You are still hanging in there. No, brothers and sisters, when your problems go worse, they'll go worse so that you can turn to God. Not so that you can turn and go away from God. No, when your things have gone worse, it is the right time. They are trying to corner you. They are, you see, you see like, it's like somebody has taken you to a corner and he's pressing you. And you see, just on the other side of the person pressing you, there is another person that can't wait for you to call them. But you are still trying to say, no, I can still win this fight. I can still win this fight. But all he's saying is, have you, have you watched wrestling before? Huh? WWE. 
I stopped watching it years ago. But the days I used to watch it, these guys will be beating this other guy. They will be beating him. And his, his, his brother is there outside the ring. He's just, just touch my hand. Just touch. If you can just touch my hand. If you can just touch my hand. I will step in the situation. And I will fight for you. God. God is in the outside the ring. And the enemy is pressing you. Pressing you. And God is saying, my child. My child. Can you just touch? Can you just touch my hand? Can you just touch my hand? And let me in the ring. Let me in the ring, man. Let me in. Let me in. Man, you are sinking in addictions. God said, let me in. You are trying so many things. One of the things that is killing people these days, can I tell you? One of the things that is killing people these days, it is called bitterness. Bitterness is killing people. They are carrying it inside. Hate, anger. They are carrying it inside. Things that have been done to them, things that have been said against them, they are carrying it inside. And the thing is killing them. And God is saying, you know what? Can you just, can you just touch my hand? I mean, Peter is sinking. He's sinking. And I think he saw Peter, well, like Peter, he said, you know what? I think I'm, I'm a fisherman after all. I'm a fisherman. I can swim. All fishermen know how to swim. Peter is sinking. And Jesus is just nearby. And if Peter is not humble, Peter will say, no, I know how to swim. I'm going to swim. It's easy. <laughs> Peter says, Lord, save me. Save me. All my swimming skills cannot help here. I need help. Save me. Help me. You will be surprised. People can't do that. Too proud to say, help me. Save me. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Brothers, snakes were biting people in the wilderness. They cried to Moses. Moses, help us. Moses did a snake thing. And all they had to do is to look at the snake. Do you know that some people refuse to look at that thing? Just to look and be healed. I never look at it. They would rather die than get the help. When things get worse, it's not so that you can continue trying to fix. It is time to realize I must not turn to God. It's time to turn to God and say, Lord, and if you don't do it, then I'm finished. I thank God the prodigal son turned to God. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Look at verse 17. Oh, is it verse 17? Aha. Uh-huh. When he came back to himself. Eh? People of God, 
the Bible says he came back to himself. No, there, there are usually those himself, myself moment. I say, no, 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 no. What is this? What's going on here? Amen, amen. This is not, this is not what I saw when I started. What, what is this? No way. This cannot be. He came to himself and said, how many hired servants in my father have bread enough to spell out? Even servants are better than me right now. Maids. Me pig food, nobody wants to give me. Maids are eating and I'm perishing of hunger here. Verse 18. I will arise and go to my daddy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> if you could just do this. How long are you going to play the game? I'm sorry to say some people that they will never see them. What will come home is a corpse. They will come home but a corpse. They themselves it's too much pride. Like they will not go home. They will be carried home. I pray that should never be your story. That it must be a corpse that will enter ABC for you to be here again. (sighs) Must it be a corpse before God can see you in his house? Must it be a corpse? He says, I, I will arise, me, and I will go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, you don't have to speak. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I have sinned. I've messed up. I've messed up. But I don't have anywhere to go, Daddy. I've messed up. But there's nowhere to go. This is the only place. This is the only place for me. If I die, let me die here. Let me become a servant. Let me become a nobody in my father's house. Than a nobody in somebody's house. Let me become a nobody here. I'd rather be a nobody here. Than people are making me wash pigs. And I must eat the food of pigs. No, let me eat leftovers here. In my father's house. What an attitude. What an attitude of blessing. What an attitude of grace. That the young men return. Look at the last verse for the day. Hosea 6 verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, come. Let us return. Can you get it in NIV, sir? Look at it. Come. Let us return to the Lord. 
We were there before. We left. Let, let's return. He has torn us to pieces. But he will heal us. He has injured us. He will bind up our wounds. Hmm? It is just a way of speaking. God does not hurt his children. The problem is our disobedience to his word has hurt us. But because he's using it to teach us, that's why he's taking responsibility. He said, no, I've helped you, I'll heal you. Look at verse 2. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day. Sister, stand up. You are losing nothing. Look at it. He will restore. You are losing nothing. I don't even know. We haven't spoken. But you are losing nothing. He will restore us. Anything you lost there. You were, you, were, you, were, you were living funny. They stole this. They broke this. This Restore me. He brings it back. <laughs> Do you know a better father? Do you know a better father that you, you took from him without his permission? You went and wasted it. And he said, you know, come back. I'll give another one. Don't stay away. Don't stay away. You know the story. It says, and we, that we may live in his presence. That's your greatest blessing, my brother. To live in the presence of God all the days of your life. In his presence. Praise the Lord. You remember the story of the prodigal son? Then now he decided to go his father. He's coming from Farsi. When I get there, I will say, Father, uh, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Please accept me as one of your servants. In fact, you know how we used to do it when you mess up? You start revising what you're going to say to your father. When you are asked a question, you, you know, I'm going to say like that. I'm going to say like that. That's exactly what he was. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Accept me as one of your servants. Father, I've sinned against him and against you. I'm not worried to call you son. Father, I've sinned against him and against you. You just keep reminding yourself that when I get there, I'm going to just say it like that. And guess what? When the father saw him, he was still far. He had not come close. He was far away. But this is the most shocking thing, people of God. Every day, the father was hoping, maybe today, maybe today, my son will come home. Maybe today, my son will come home. So he will go and wait on top of the observatory point until it will get dark. The sun will go down and nobody will come home. Then he will go and sleep. Next day, he will go and stand there waiting. That's how we know because he saw the sun from afar. Which means the day you only think of coming back to God, you haven't even come. You just thought of it. You are still far. But God picks it. Oh. 
You haven't come. But you just thought of God. You just thought of church. You just thought, hey, I miss the house of God. I wish I could. Just that thought, just that thought you thought about God. God picked it from far. He said, oh, my dad, if you can just come. Then the boy was still revising the thing. As he's coming, revising the thing. He's afraid. He doesn't know what to expect. I mean, you wanted the man to die. So, to his greatest surprise, he sees somebody coming, running in slow motion. He said, what do I see? That's my father. My father is running to me. The one I hate. The one I took from. The one I wanted to die. He's rather coming to me. God was running to him. Running to him. And I think this guy thought, man, I think I'm finished. I must check his hands. Maybe he's got a knife. But even if he kills me, I deserve it. So, when the father reached where he was, he just knelt down. He did like this. He thought something was going to slide through. Father! He's expecting it. I've seen against heaven and against you. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. I've done a lot of bad things, Father. You can't take me as your son. If you knew the things I did. If you knew the songs I danced to. The men I slept with. The women I slept with. The beers I drank. The blasphemous words that came out of my mouth. If you knew all the things I've done. You will not take me as your son. Lord, I don't have anywhere to go. This is the only place where I can find help. Please, please, find it in your heart to forgive me. Find it in your heart to forgive me. And I'm not expecting anything. If you can just allow me to be a slave, I don't mind. I'll wake up early. I'll clean the yard. I'll do everything. I will sleep with the slaves. But I miss home, daddy. I miss home. I just miss home. I miss home. Please. While he's talking like that. Oh. The father. Says stand up. Stand up my son. You are my son. You are my son. You always be my son. And he said. Why are you. Barefitted. Give him shoes. Slaves started running around. They put shoes. 
Oh, my son, look at what you are wearing. My son cannot wear this. Remove it. Bring the most white robe and put on him. Put the white robe on him. Say, my son, because you came back, took his ring, put. You think I can give you my ring? I'm doing illustration, illustration. authority. He placed it there. He placed it there. He took a brand new robe, gave him. He said, I forget your past. I don't know what you did and I don't care about what you did. I'm giving you a brand new start. 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 Listen to me. It's if you've never done something wrong, that's why you will think, what is the use of a brand new robe? Oh, but if you are like some of us, that we, we mess up from time to time. And when you mess up, the greatest thing you would like to hear is, I have forgiven you. I have forgiven you. And I'm giving you a brand new start. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful news that could be to me. To me, to hear God says to me, I have forgiven you. It's all gone. This is a brand new start. Forget about the past. Let's start afresh. Let's start afresh. Let's start afresh. Then God went a step further. He said, Prepare the fatted calf. He didn't say prepare the calf. He said, bring hither D. Say with me, D, D. Ah, you know, if you know English, D is different from A. A means any. D is specific. It means there was a calf that was being fed. You know why it became fat? It became fat because it took long for the boy to come home. So he kept feeding the calf. And the calf kept getting fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter. By the time the boy got back home, the fat was, the calf was fat. Because he kept feeding it every day. My son will return it someday. And when my son returns, you will die. They will kill this one. And I don't want my son to eat bones. Feed that thing. Give it food. So when the father finally came, when the son came, he said, bring hither the fatted calf. They brought that thing. It was walking like this. Doop, 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 doop. Flesh everywhere. And he said, kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Why? Why? For this my son was dead. Wait a minute. When was he dead? 
Everything we read means shows that the guy was alive. But he said he was dead. Could it be that there are people who think they are alive? Meanwhile, they are actually dead. They think they are alive, but they are dead. Say, my son who was dead is alive again. You shall live again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to be merry. Praise the Lord. And that is the reason why I say to you this morning, please, come back home. Let's stand on our feet, please. I know exactly how the prodigal son felt because I felt like that many times. I grew up in the village. We didn't have electricity. We're using a lantern. I don't know if you guys know a lantern. A lantern is like a lamp and it's got a glass in in the middle. Do you understand? As the thing is burning, the glass gets dirty with smoke. And we had tents to wash the glass of the lantern. And I remember this particular day. I was washing the thing. I don't know where I thought I was Michael Jordan or something. I don't know what I thought to myself. And I saw that thing slip off my hands. And I saw it descend in slow motion and scatter itself. And And I think that was the second one I had broken in less than a week. And where we say, it's not like you broke here, you go and buy there. <laughs> to buy this thing, you need to take a journey to another place. So it was a serious problem I had put on myself. So I knew the type of beating that is awaiting me when I return will not be easy for me. I thought of so many things. A friend told me, if people want to beat you, and you don't want them to beat you, take stones. You hold the stones. I don't know whether I say you hold them or you put in your pocket or something, and your father will forget. I did that one. So I had the stones. But I also revised, what am I going to say? I would say the soap that was holding the glass was creating a lot of, things. was, was, uh, sliding, sleep area. I thought of different things I was going to say. But I figured, you know what? I think the stones will save me. When I get home, the stones will make my mother and my father forget. And we'll just continue as normal. In fact, I can even get home and find that a new glass was bought already. And as soon as I entered the yard, I started hearing my cousin. Daddy, he's here, he's here, he's here. Look, I started hearing it from as I'm entering the yard. So I I tried to press those stones harder. Like, guys, come on. So no, daddy, he's here, he's here. Because my father has said, when he arrives, let me know. 
Oh, no, no, daddy, he's here, he's here, he's here. They had started beating fast. I almost started peeping on myself. I, I mean, it was, it was the most terrible moment of my life. I got beaten proper, proper. Proper beating. Yeah. So, I know how this boy fell. I know he felt it's over for me. But I, I'd like to tell you something this morning. God is not like that. Yeah. You've messed up, I know, and he knows. But he's not waiting for you here. How many of you had that image of God? A white man with a shambok waiting for you. First, they take, A white man with a long beard with a shambok. First mistake, pa. God is not like that, people of God. He's a loving father. Close your eyes, please. Bow your heads, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for helping us realize that you are not against us. You are for us. And this morning, I believe a number of us will like to come back home. We are not just sure. We are not sure if we will be welcome or what. But you showed us through your word this morning. She can't wait to welcome us back home. Now I pray that you minister to our hearts right now, Father. Minister to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Open our ears, open our understanding. By your mighty Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. While every eyes are closed and every head is bowed, right now, you are saying, Pastor, I really felt you were talking to me today. I felt it. And I feel this is my moment. I want to come back home. I want to come back home. Brother, this is not about joining the church. No, 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 no. No, this is about you coming back to your God. Forget about church. This is just the environment where God brought you to hear him. This is not about the church. It's about you coming back to your father, your daddy. So, I'm not trying to coerce you to join the church. No, I just want you to come back to your father. That's the main thing this morning. So I'm going to count up to three. When you hear three, you're saying, Pastor, I really think God is giving me a chance and I want to take it. I want to come back home. When you hear three, raise your right hand high and Pastor will pray with you. This has got nothing to do with you attending church or anything. It has got everything to do with you saying, I'm ready to come back home. That's all. When you hear three, raise your right hand. One. Two. Three. Raise it up. Everybody. God bless you. 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 God bless you at the back there. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you there. I see your hand. God bless you, sir. I see your hand. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, mama. I see your hand at the back. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, sir. I see your hand. Now, you can take your hands down, please. Now, you've already given your heart to Jesus, and this morning, you want to recommit yourself. Like you feel this morning, even though I'm already born again, but man, I feel like I'm that guy with pigs. Man, this is not the life God created me to live. I mean, this is not me. This is not me. I don't want this. You also can come back home today. 
at the count of three, you say, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. At the count of three, you can raise your right hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. There, I see your hand. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. I'm going to make one last call this morning. When you go to the airport, they will announce a flight many times. But there comes a time where they are announcing the flight for the last time. It is called the last call. Because you don't know when the train of life will take you. And I'm giving you this opportunity today. Surrender your heart to Jesus. Commit yourself to God today. Tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. At the count of three, you want to commit to Jesus. You just raise your right hand and I'll pray with you. And God will help you. One, two, three. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It is the last call. Raise your hand if you are saying, Pastor, I don't want the train to leave me behind. God bless you. God bless you. Uh-huh. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all of us that raise our hands first, second, and third time, all of us, please, take your belongings and come to the front here. Let's pray together. Put your hands together for them as they come. Come. Everybody come. Make your way. Make your way. Make your way. Make your way. Oh, just keep clapping for them as they come. We can do better than that. Keep coming. Keep coming. No, come, come, come. Even if you've come before, come again. Come, yeah. Come. Keep clapping for them. Keep clapping for them as they come. What a blessing. What a blessing. I'm still waiting. Maybe you wanted to join, but you're uncertain. You never know when is your day. The Bible says today, if you hear the voice of God, do not harden your heart. You might hear the same message tomorrow and your heart will not be the same. If you hear the message today, do not harden your heart. Understand that God is speaking to you. Do not harden your heart. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. For your pre- Why? There we go. Another one is joining. Please, you can join us. As you can see, it's not uh, children. It's grown-up people. Like we, are, we all need God in our lives. Don't feel like no me. No, 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 no. This, you see, eh? this thing, if you don't let God help you, I don't know who can help us. Only God can help us. Praise the Lord. I'm about to pray. So this train is about to take off. Before I make this prayer, you can still join us now. If you are next to a person that should join, but they are feeling some way, maybe hold them by the hand and encourage them. Say, no, come, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands, please. Thank you so much. Now I want you to repeat these blessed words with me. Say them from the bottom of your heart because that's the only time they have a meaning. When you say with your heart and you believe in your, you say with your mouth and you believe in your heart. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. 
On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now. I believe. My sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. Say it again. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want you to raise just your right hand. Only your right hand. Raise just your right hand now. Up like this. Now say, and you Satan. From today. I divorce you. I am no more yours. I belong to Jesus. My heart belongs to Jesus. My name is written in the book of life. I don't belong to you Satan. Get out of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.